Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 15th episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, it is the Josh Archibald episode or the Danny Heatley episode, if you will. How are you today? I'm very, doing very good, Nolan. How are you? Uh, I'm lovely. I just finished uh, I- enjoying some homemade pizza. We we put um, we put a, a lot of meat and a lot of mozzarella cheese on it. So uh, that was rather delicious. I also made some 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 homemade like nacho chips. Um, and by homemade, I mean that I cut up some old tortillas and just deep fried them. And uh, yeah, so we had those and just chucked some salt on them. And they're uh, rather delicious. Um, and then I also did some meal prep today. So I had a pretty busy Sunday. How how's your Sunday been? My Sunday's been good. I woke up and watched the Formula One race. As anybody who's been listening to the Formula podcast. Uh. Careful. Careful, Jean Gerard. <laughs> Uh, as, as anybody who's been listening to the pod knows that my fandom has, has reached its one month, and uh, this week was the second race of the season. Max Verstappen won in Italy. Uh, it was a very entertaining race. Uh, there was some heavy drama, heavy drama. I won't get too into it because I know, uh, I know anybody that likes F1 is well aware of what's going on, so I won't shove it down your throat. But, wow, electric electric and my f1 fantasy team showed up this week i'm fifth in our rankings uh feeling Wait, very they have good f1 fantasy oh yeah they have f1 fantasy dude if you can bet on greyhounds they should have f1 fantasy like dude you can bet on the academy awards exactly yeah you can bet on any you can bet yeah, on yeah. what color donald trump's tie was going to be at a presidential election like of course they got F1 i fantasy. actually um i think yeah actually I, I i won a couple bucks last year at the 2020 academy awards um i ended up putting i think i put how much money did i win because i know i bet on parasite because parasite was like a plus like 480 or like a plus 500 or something like that it it wasn't like it, it wasn't like as the as it was getting closer to the academy awards the the odds were starting to like lower so it was like more and more likely it could win and then uh yeah i think it was i want to say it was like a week before the oscars and i put some money on parasite and parasite hit and i was like yes let's go get this money thank you bong jun ho i really appreciate it my friend hell yeah man betting is sick Um, betting is unreal do you know what else is sick What's that? The schedule of what we are going to be doing on this podcast, Nolan. Oh, I'm very that's a excited. good segue. Do you mind? Do you mind if I tell the folks what's going on today? Uh, yes. I'm just kidding. No, oh, I don't. You okay. go right. You go right ahead. Thank you so much. So, uh, actually, we're excited. There's been a breaking news for an Oilers roster change. So, no Wizzle is going to be talking about that. Uh, and then we are going to get into the only game that happened last week for the Oilers against the Winnipeg Jets, Winter Peg, Loser Peg, whatever you want to call it. Sucks to suck. Uh, we'll recap that up, put a nice little bow on it. And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Vancouver Canucks and how they're coming back. Um, two, three more little quick Oilers things. And then Nolan and I have decided that we are going to do um, a little bit of a general hockey discussion. And have the greatest of all time, not debate, but comparison. Uh, we're going to give you each our top four uh, ranked 
uh, best hockey players of all time, followed by our four favorite, uh, so three skaters and one goalie, uh, just growing up and kind of look at some stats. And I'm sure all of the nostalgic hockey fans out there can appreciate some of these names that are going to be brought up and some of the discussion that's going to take place and really just looking at how great some of these careers were. But I will shut up now, Nolan, so that you can... Uh, uh, can can let everybody know. I'm sure they've been sitting on the edge of their seat since we made the breaking news announcement. So let them have it. What happened today? I wish I had that. This was breaking. One day I will be a big enough insider and I'll be able to I'll be able to predict this shit from the get go. But the Edmonton Oilers at Edmonton Oilers on Twitter. Just so we're aware, it's not it's not at Edmonton Zero Oilers. It's it's at Edmonton Oilers. Um, We've had a recall. 21-year-old Ryan McLeod has been recalled to the taxi squad from the Bakersfield Condors. I'm very excited about this. Um, the 21-year-old has 14 goals, 14 assists in 28 games, which puts him at 28 points in 28 games. Is a plus 23 on the season and has been a star for the Bakersfield Condors so far this year. As they are 17, 10, and 1. Actually, they might be even be... No. They, no, they're 17, 10, and 1. Now that I think about it, wow, I'm very unprepared on that one. But he has looked dynamite. He's looking like a two-way force out there. The speed, it, it, and he's been, he's been playing center, which is his natural position, which is really good to hear because there was that initial concern that maybe he wasn't going to be a center. He was more going to be a winger, and he was just going to be kind of a quick forechecking guy. But... No, he's been great, and it looks like this is going to be the spark that's going to have to go into the bottom six. Now, the question is, does Dave Tippett actually play him? And he better. If not, I will not be very happy. Anyways, I'm excited. How are you feeling about this lovely news, Miles? Um, I'm excited. I mean, I don't think that they make this call up if they don't plan on playing him. So... I fully expect him to draw in for a few games. And like you said, he's been absolutely tearing it up in the AHL. So he deserves a shot. I'm sure they're going to plug him in. And uh, as you mentioned, should be a spark for that bottom six because Loud knows we needed it after the past couple of games that we've seen there. So um, if they do have him actually playing center, that's going to be really, really interesting to see uh, how, how that works out and how those lines shake up. But yeah, man, I'm just really excited for him to uh, clear uh protocol and and draw in and play with play with some of the guys and hopefully be an added piece for a knock on hood little playoff run speaking of which i i just want to do a quick shout out or well give a quick shout out to tyler benson because we were talking about this before we started recording but tyler benson's beautiful tweet um he just uh, he quote tweeted the oilers tweet and said my man let's go with some with some flames what a what a nice little teammate. He's a he's a he's a good Canadian fella, if I say. I would but. have re- I would have really liked to see Benson come up as well. I don't know how. Oh, I would. You be know that, how that works, ta- like taxi squad wise, and who would have to get sent down, who would have to get sent up. But um, cannot wait for the two of them to hopefully be on the team next year. I think they've made big strides this season in the in the junior Oilers, and should be a should be a a positive thing for the team going forward. My only worry about Benson is how the organization views him. Like, does the organization actually view him as a quality top six forward or even like a middle six forward? Because it almost just seems like 
they have really no interest in bringing him up? Or is he like a guy where they just really want to slow roast him? Because at least McLeod has the speed, whereas like Benson doesn't really have the boots to keep up in the NHL just yet. But I wonder if they have a certain role that they want him to come in for. Uh, I mean, I don't really know, but um, but like the three, like uh, Benson, McLeod, and Marodi have been unbelievable in the AHL this year. So we're going to quickly go back to the AHL talk a little bit later, but let's get into the game last night, shall we? Yeah. Please, please and thank you. Um, oh my God, Miles. He's almost 40 years old. <laughs> Michael Flippin' Smith in a 3-0 win for the Edmonton Oilers. First game in almost a week. And since March 17th, the team has played a grand total of 11 games due to the various COVID outbreaks. And to compare to that, the Jets have played 16. So we're pretty far behind. Um, well, but pretty far for the behind, first 10 but I think we're, we're only three games back. Or two two games less played or something like that. Oh, okay. So it isn't yeah, too too bad. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, and, and I guess we did have all those games that were. I guess you. What was the opposite of games in hand? Would it be games out of hand? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, fuck. Whatever. Yeah. Pretty much before uh, before the COVID out. Well, before the the big outbreak happened in Vancouver. I know the Oilers had quite a few games they'd already played uh, more than the teams behind them. Wow. That's uh, poor English right there. Uh, anyways, though, for the first 10 minutes of this game, they were clearly just trying to get the rust off of them. Uh, just miss passes, miscommunication, trying to keep them puck on side. It, it just looked like a bit of a mess for the, f- for the first 10. Um, and then I don't know what happened, but Dominic Cahoon sent Kyler Yamamoto on a big breakaway. Uh, Yam could not capitalize, but it did seem like the floodgates really did open at that point. There was about there was about three or four breakaways, eh, maybe three breakaways that kind of happened bang, bang, bang from the Oilers. Like I think Yamo got two, and then Kara had one, and they were all fairly lackluster. But fuck Hellebuck, Hellebuck's a good goalie, man. That's something oh, to consider. So like putting yeah. up, put like blanking them three zero was actually pretty big because Hellebuck is like absolute game stealer so um yeah need a need a better effort on breakaways to beat that goalie yeah there was also the there was also the pass that leon sent to cassian that i thought was gonna be and that was a that was a thread like that was an absolute thread from leon and yeah hellbuck stopped it but um alex chase on got a breakaway and uh Did you remember, uh, I, te- I texted Nolan last night. I was like, "Holy fuck! Does uh, Alex Chazon have the worst hands I've ever seen in my life?" And 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 I responded by saying, "He has hands made of actual granite countertop." Yes. He's like, "But he did score. To, he did score last night, so that is wonderful to see." But thanks, thanks, Tyson yeah. Barry. Yeah, uh, uh, in close, Alex. I would maybe, uh, I'd maybe just just put it on net. I, I, uh, but but anyways, pretty well everyone beside besides Kara Jones and Archibald had a pretty good to great game. Uh, most of the team was around sixty percent in expected goals, which by the way is really good. And they dominated pretty much every facet of the game after the first ten minutes. Like I thought, I thought the score does not do this game justice because I thought the way that they were able to control possession and they were able to really clamp down on Winnipeg defensively, like. I was I was really impressed, especially from guys like Ethan Bear. Yes, Apollo Yarvi had his feet freaking moving, 
by the way, Barry with a big goal, and you had you had actually texted this to me last night, but it's so nice to hear the sound of the padding, like oh, yeah. when a when a puck's what? fired on net, like like the back padding of the net. It just sounds so lovely and comforting. It is like what are the best smells? Fresh cut grass, rain, like baby powder. What's the best sounds? Uh, an absolute cannon hitting the back padding of an NHL net in an empty rink. Beautiful. Um, but what I wanted to say about uh, the, like what you what you were saying kind of about the expected goals for. I think you said in a, a previous episode for those who aren't big analytics fans, anything over fifty is very good. And to be plus ten is like hell to the freaking yeah dudes um so that is very very good for the oilers but like to 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 watch that game and see some of the saves that connor hellebuck was making and we're sitting here and we're sucking sucking connor's toes lol that's a callback um (laughs) even though even though he didn't really make any spectacular saves that's indicative of like the actual game that connor hellebuck plays he doesn't have to make spectacular saves because he's so so good at directing rebounds and being in the right position that he makes hard saves look really easy so i i just can't stop talking about how much i love connor hellebuck he's a fucking really good goalie and i hate that he's on the jets because i want the jets to be a dumpster fire um, but I think I that mean, he's F- going to be the starter for team USA, man. Like that's, yeah. that's the other frustrating thing too. He's not Dude, even Canadian. How, like, God how, damn it. How nasty are they going to be? Demko. We haven't even talked about Gibson and Connor Hellbuck as your three goalies. Insane. Um, but yeah, if, uh, Laurent Brassois, former Oiler might've been a net there. I think, like you said, when the floodgates opened, like that score could have gotten nasty. So shout out to Connor Hellbuck for playing a very good hockey game. And another person I wanted to mention too, or not even a person, but like, I thought the second line was really good. Like the, I think it, uh, it was Cahoon, Gaetan Haas and Kyler Yamamoto. I thought they played really, I thought Haas was great last night. I don't Man, know, but I don't know about you, but I thought Haas he was is, really good last night. Haas is always flying under the radar. He's just a damn good player. I love the game that he plays and to see him up on the second line. Um, I hate that McDavid and Dreisaitl are still together. I will, I don't, fucking I, I will die on that hill but the fact that you're getting to see Gaetan Haas playing more important roles is is dope because he's a very good player I firmly believe that if you put Gaetan Haas on a line with Connor McDavid that there would be some magic I I I, I will hammer that home because I think he's a smart player he doesn't have very great hands, but I think he could be like a four-checking dynamo, and, oh, and he's he could just fast, man. He's, he's fast as shit. Like he's awesome, and he's uh, also Swiss, and that's that's dope. I like their uh, I like their lifeguard shirts that are everywhere in Switzerland. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, I've never been to Switzerland, so I I, uh, I can't contribute to this conversation. I'm, a, <laughs> a, I'm 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 uncultured swine. Speaking of uncultured swine, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of a Finnish hockey player's name because Yesipuliarve scored his 10th goal last night. Crack it. I'm jacked up. We were talking about it last episode. Uh, Nolan said he hit the over on his season. That was his ninth goal. Uh, hells yeah. Um, Little known fact, he was uh, scoreless in his last 10 before that or something they were saying, <laughs> announcing. So We're just going to ignore that. <laughs> he had a, had a little bit of a cold stick, but it seems like he's heating up. And I um, don't want to uh, get ahead of, ahead of myself, Nolan, but guy could close in on 20 if he gets hot. 
playing with McDavid. <laughs> you never know. Dude, he's, and, a, he's a freaking buzzsaw. I, I love am, him so much. I'm going to drive to Edmonton, find his house, and, like, stand outside with a with a boombox, like, and say anything. And it's just going to be me saying his name over and over on a loop. Yeah. It's going it, it, to, but, like, it's going to be remixed with, like, a beat, and you're going to have, like, a, you're going to have, like, a drop in it. And then you go, yes, boom, So I'm either going to get a restraining order or we're going to get Jesse on the pod. There's no in between. But that's the tactic. You got to make it That's happen. exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, man, I, I, was, I was talking to a friend about this. But if he, like, if he goes to, sorry, goes to, if he, like, if he really works on his shot this summer, like, really works on his shot, I'd maybe like to see him sort of work on just his overall, like, handwork. Because if, if he could, if he could improve his handwork and he can improve his shot, he can skate like the wind. Like, he's a big guy, so you, I mean, you can't teach size. But, man, like, if he just works on those couple of things, he could be a force in this league. Like, I'm not joking. Like, he could be anywhere from, like, 25 to 35 goals a year and be, like, a consistent, you know, 65, 70-point player while, like, playing really well on both ends of the ice. Like, oh, 100%, 100% man. Um, and they said it in the game yesterday. I kind of actually forgot about it, but um, he had double hip surgery. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that was the th- yeah, because that was the that was the whole concern with him on the last run in Edmonton, right? But you, you, you forget about that man. Like he had a lot of things against him in that first stint in Edmonton, like in terms of so injuries and for the role that he was playing. Yeah, fuck, dude, they didn't put him in a very advantageous position to be, you know, successful. So happy story, happy Miles, happy Nolan, happy Pod. Life goes happy on. Happy Yessie. Happy, happy, happy Jaffa. Yes, Poli Arby. Happy Jaffa. Oh, yeah. Nolan what just a tweet- cute dog, eh? Adorable <laughs> pop. Um, one more time for Michael Smith. Can we get one more time for Michael, S- Michael Smith? 26 saves. Um, I, uh, I wanted to see how long I could go without mentioning he who must not be named, but Flames fan Kyle was giving me shit last week um, talking about... It's so funny that Mike Smith, the number one goalie, that's hilarious, and like sending me stat lines from when he played in Calgary, like. So and you want to send him stat lines of Jacob Markstrom? <laughs> no, man. I just want to, I just want to bask in the glow of Michael Smith coming back. Is I will say it. I was so fucking mad. I was punching the air when they signed him this season to another one year. So the fact that he is proving the haters me wrong is very <laughs> oh, me too. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, man. I think everybody. He's the most yeah. pleasant surprise. Um, yeah, and that's the thing is like, it's like Ken Holland does does weird things to me because. On one moment, <laughs> oh, I'm mad wow. at him. <laughs> yeah, that's, kin- that's kinky, Ken. <laughs> but on on one mo- like on one side, I, I'm I'm so mad at him because he doesn't do anything, or he just makes the wrong move, or he does something that I don't approve of, and then I look like a flipping idiot later on. Like I just I don't uh, I don't know what to say, man. That's that's why he's in the hockey hall of fame, and I'm not. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, on a side note, speaking of a of of a of a move that isn't looking particularly great at the moment. Aha! What's going on with Pierre Luc Dubois? 
the like, short the short answer is nothing. He he just I don't know about you. I have not noticed him in any game that we that I've watched the Oilers play against Winnipeg, and even the games where I've watched Winnipeg play another team, like like I'll I'll, I'll sometimes I'll I'll sometimes tune into you know some of the other games in the uh, North Division, but and he's he's just not just not there. Like he, he, I don't see that that force that was in that was in the that was in the um, uh, in the bubble for uh, Columbus, like. I don't know, and they they paid a pretty penny for him. Like they paid Patrick Laine and Jack Roslovic, and who are also are not doing. Two... Yeah, it's it's kind of like everybody's kind of losing on both ends. But Ga- game I, I don't theory. know game theory, but every outcome is a loss. Yeah, well, I mean, if if both Dubois and Laine want to come to Edmonton, it's okay. Like I I, I totally get it. I mean, on very um, team friendly deals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I I don't I don't know what it is with him, and I don't the like, scene, is it, I don't know. If, <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a Winnipeg Jet. Anyways, um, yeah. Did you have any last uh, final thoughts on last night's game, Miles? Because um, well, that's all we had this week. F- fuck sakes. Fragging frack. No man, that's it. That's all I have to say. Good game. Kind of a boring game. Um, but I'll take it. I'll take I'll take I'll take a three nothing W two points. Yeah, like I said, I, I I do think that this was this was to me at least like I thought that was their best game they've played in probably a month. Like I I thought they were really good. Yeah, I I thought I think they game. were I think they were better than the Ottawa games. I think they were better than the Habs loss. I, I, well, obviously, um, yeah. I thought they just looked really, really, really good. So Kara I'm, I'm very happy. looked like shit. Kara yeah, played last a, night. Kara was, played a yeah, bag. Was... He played a lazy game. He reminded me of yeah. last season when he was like getting scratched and stuff. Like he he didn't even look like he wanted to be there. I think if you throw, I think if he's your fourth line center, I think he, you're really good. Like you're really, really, really good. If he's strictly your fourth line center, like put him out in very limited minutes. Cause like right now on like an 82 game pace, I think he'd be on pace for like 28 points or something like that, which for a fourth line center is really good. Um, and he plays, plays a good role. On, you know, he plays an important role in the PK. So that's, that's good to see. But yeah, like you said, he just, he just was not. Not particularly good. And by the way, paging Zach Cassian, we need uh, we need Zach Cassian to awaken my love. Yeah. But too, anyways, too busy filming cameos to to focus on the game. Exactly. Um, so I'm gonna kind of okay. So we'll we'll touch on the just the last two Oilers things, and then I kind of want to mention one thing. Um, Dylan Holloway. <laughs> Uh, Dylan Holloway has signed his the three-year. <laughs> Dylan Dylan Holloway has signed his three-year entry-level contract with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, we love to see it. We love King Dylan. We love the fact that um, he uh, there. It, somebody posted this on Twitter, but uh, that apparently I think it was one of his first interviews. He had a weed necklace in the background, which is really <laughs> funny. Um, but yeah, he uh, uh, had an awesome season in, uh, in in the NCAA this year. And if it wasn't for his mutant of a friggin teammate cole caulfield he might be in the hobie baker race but uh yeah no <laughs> cole caulfield was all over that one <laughs> um but it, if in fact he does play at all 
I, I don't know if he will just because I, I think I think the Oilers just want to let him rest and they want to get him ready for 22 because, I, well, 21-22. I, I think that this organization is really focusing in on next offseason and from everything we hear and from everything I talked about last week was that the the Oilers are looking towards this July or well this free agency entry point. So typically it would be July first, but probably not going to be July first this year. Anyways, nonetheless, um, I think that they're going to be they're going to want to surround um, they're going to want to surround Connor and Leon with a couple of a couple of pieces that they're going to go out and spend. But I think we're going to see a pretty big influx of youth. I think oh, we're yeah. going to see. I think we're really good because we're going to see McLeod most likely. Um, that was kind of placed from from the get go. I mean, he almost made the team right after he was drafted. And this kind of goes into my discussion about the Condors. Is the Condors are really good? Um, they're eighth in the league right now, so they're seventeen ten and one. Um, they went on a bit of a they went on a bit of a cold streak there for a bit, but lately they've been, looked really good. Last night. Brian McLeod had three points, uh, including two goals, and my boy Michael Kesselring had two apples. That's very good stuff, my friend. We love and, to see it. You love to see it. Good <laughs> Bunsen. Um, good Bunsen. And uh, yeah, I, I've I, I've been very impressed by the Condor. Stuart Skinner has looked like I've, I. He looked. I he looked. He looks like he did in WHL, and he was dominant in the WHL. I think he really wants to be an Oiler next year. Like, and because of the new waiver rules, that he actually there's there's sorry not new waiver, but with the waiver rules as it is for goaltenders, you get an extra year before you're technically on waivers. And I think they're gonna think about possibly making him the backup goaltender. I still think you need to sign another goalie just to make sure because I don't think Miko Koskinen will be back. I don't think they bring back Mike Smith. Well, it's all, I, it's all going to depend on how the dominoes fall yeah. with, with available goalies, exactly. right? Like that, that goaltending yeah. situation is so fluid and uh, player in, player out. <laughs> A little trade deadline throwback there. Oh my God, don't even remind me. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry, Ma. What do you want? But uh, but if 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 Dylan Holloway potentially plays in the AHL this year for an AHL run, and we don't want this to happen, but let's say if the Oilers were to be eliminated and then McLeod goes back to the AHL, that could be a Calder Cup winning team. Like that could be a monster team. So we'll see what happens there. But I just wanted to bring them up Um, and. Since we come off a high, we're going to go completely down to the bottom of the barrel because I wanted to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. So tonight, the Vancouver Canucks, as as it stands right now, I believe they're actually playing right now. I might be wrong on that. Uh, the Canucks play their first game since March 24th tonight. Um, as everyone probably knows, the Vancouver Canucks had an awful COVID outbreak. I believe there were maybe two players that didn't get the virus, which is just horrible horrible to hear i mean you heard it from not only players management coaching staff but also their families like uh bo horvat said his wife didn't take it too well um it's just it's 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 a tough scene but uh i mean i just wanted to give our condolences to the players coaching staff and everybody all involved um and 
quite frankly, I think the fact that the NHL is making the Canucks play these games is kind of gross to like at, at least to me. The Canucks are so far out of the playoff race that I don't know what the point is in bringing them back and making cuz in addition to um in addition to ha- in, in addition to having to play a season where you could potentially contract this virus you're also having to play a bunch of back-to-backs because the league has their has their deadline of when they want the season to be over and you're you're making them play and i don't i don't understand the the thought process for they have they have to play redraft lottery that's that's ultimately what it boils down to because if their points percentage stands if their record stands there's going to be so much bitching from either side like that they're not getting treated fairly or that other teams aren't getting treated fairly because they're you know play have such a smaller points percentage that would be advantageous for them versus games played or something like that that's why they're doing it that's why they have to do it i know and and i i also understand too it, it's also about like uh contractual obligations because that means it's less games for tv revenue and things like that i i, I get that it's it's, it's just do- it's all dollars it sucks but it's do- it's it money it sucks yeah totally and that's but i i guess that's my overall issue with it is i i just feel like you're putting these guys like careers at risk if you do this man like I mean, you're, I I don't know how they have to play like because I think they've played thirty three games or something like that. They have to shove in like uh, twenty three games or something like that in like I don't even know how many days, like thirty five days or something like that. Like you're gonna play a ton of back to backs. Like I, I I do I don't know what they're gonna do, and I mean that that's gonna put a lot of that's gonna put up a, like a lot of pressure on these guys. So uh, yeah, they've got nineteen games and thirty one nights. That's absolutely bonkers. And so I just don't get it. But anyways, JT Miller had uh, media availability this week, and I just wanted to bring this up. All of this stuff is courtesy of Sportsnet. No free ads. (laughs) But um, he mentioned here, uh, you know, it's kind of frustrating if I'm being 100%. And this 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 is in response to, the league asking them to play the rest of the season. Um, It's kind of frustrating if I'm being a hundred percent honest with you. Uh, We tried to talk about the number one priority is players health and their family safety. And it's almost impossible to achieve that with what they've asked us to do here on our return. I talked to my teammates a lot and this hasn't been obviously that easy for them to try to come back and play. It's going to be very challenging and not very safe if you're asking me. And I'm sure that there are other people that would agree with me. And that's the that's the scary part is like these guys are afraid that something bad could happen. And I mean, from everything that was mentioned, Travis Green was pretty much the guy that got it the worst. And if you saw like if you watched the game last night and you saw his like his press conference he had yesterday, he looked like not in a joking or rude way, but like he looked terrible. Like he looked like the guy looked like he hadn't slept in freaking two weeks so it's just i don't know man it it's just tough i mean uh there was another thing here where uh where gtm miller said even for me skating a couple of times my lungs are screaming and i'm definitely not in game shape from sitting around and not doing much i couldn't imagine what these guys who have had covid are going to are going to have or are going to have to go through when they get back and have to be ready to play at a higher level 
And this was before they had moved the game on Friday because they were supposed to play the Oilers on Friday. And he said, we're playing two of the best players in the entire world on Friday and one of and another one of the best teams in the league on Saturday. I never thought I'd be in this scenario in my career. Wow. The the lungs on fire thing is something that's been said a lot about players that have had COVID and have come back. Like last year, um, St. Louis looked like shit in the bubble. And everyone was like, oh, why is St. Louis so bad? And like, I think like 15 or 14 of their players had COVID. And it's insane what it does to a, a person's lungs, especially a professional athlete's lungs. So uh, you've, you've heard that before about how hard it can be in you know what, St. Louis has not looked very good this year either. I think that that's a residual factor of, of COVID and the long-term effects of it. So here's hoping that the Canucks are, are healthy and, you know, nothing more terrible happens to them and that they can finish the season. Like, I know we beat the Canucks quite a bit, but um, at the end of the day, like, these are these are people that are, you know, putting their, their livelihoods, their lives on the line to do their job, um, which is ultimately entertainment for us. So you just hope that everything is okay and nothing terrible happens it's about all you can do right because it's gonna go on it's gonna happen hockey's gonna get played and just hopefully nobody gets hurt please people wear a mask do your do your thing it's just we're we're almost we're it feels like we're close so just please keep doing the thing Let's get this thing. Let's get this thing over with, and let's move on. So stick to sports comments. They're going to be flying in. <laughs> Darren in his friggin' F one fifties losing his mind right now. Those fucking uh, those yuppie one for one sons of bitches <laughs> talking about the about the. I'm not even fucking. I'm not even going to say it. We'll get canceled. Here, here's the here's the clinking of my iced coffee, Dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. Dick. That's pretty much it for like NHL <laughs> like for to- for topics that are like real life hockey related. So now we're going to talk about some uh some just just some casual hockey talk. I've been um, pumped I've been pumped for this, man, cuz one of my favorite things to do and I think a lot of people listening is that like I don't know with, with my friends anyway, we love just talking hockey, talking old hockey, saying dumb old names of like Oh yeah, Christian Husalius. Oh yeah, what about oh. what about Garth Murray? And you go back Dude, and forth, I, just um, saying crazy obscure Fabian old names. Brunstrom. Yeah, or, uh, yeah. Um, Arthas Urbe. So, I was playing. Uh, I was playing NHL 21 today, and I'm I'm doing my thing where after trade deadlines over, I edit like I edit the entire game's roster because EA has no idea what they're talking about when it comes to like when it, like when it comes to doing player ratings so i go through and i edit everyone i will admit i take some liberties with the oilers <laughs> uh wow, like has a medium shocked. elite potential i'm fucking but, shocked no <laughs> but anyways um taylor was asking me about like because she saw that i was editing ahl players and she's like why do they have ahl players in this game and i said oh because you do like franchise modes and you can call them up and send them down and stuff and uh and then I told her, I'm like, they have like multiple leagues in this game. And so I'm going through and I found all of the European leagues that were in there. And you click on some of those European teams and you can see guys that you're like, oh my God, I forgot they were play. I forgot they played in, uh, I forgot they played in the NHL and now they're like still playing, but they're in freaking Europe. Like Taylor Chorney's on there. And I'm like, yeah, he used to be an Edmonton Oiler once upon a time. And then he went and won a cup with the Capitals. It's all the Spangler Cup guys. Oh, 
I love the Spangler Cup because it's a it's a it's a who's who of old hockey names. Hey, you're Dude, just like, oh yeah, you're uh, out there, Justin Pogi. You're looking fucking not oh, good. My guy, former Edmonton Oiler and 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 now Yakupov savior, uh, Derek Roy was. Uh, I think he was like the captain of the Spangler Cup. Yeah, it's fun. It's guy awesome. Was, Derek Roy in his prime, by the way, like pretty sick hockey player. Him and Vanek were unreal. Oh, for sure. So yeah. long-winded way of us saying. Talking hockey's fun, and I think people like it to is. listen to people talk hockey. So, um, second time he's being mentioned. Uh, hate, I don't hate it. I like him. He's a good guy. Uh, Flames, <laughs> Flames, <fan> Kyle <laughs> uh, made a comment to me that he was talking to his old man about Sidney Crosby, and they were just kind of talking about the career that he's had and the type of player he is. And uh, it's actually funny. An article came out, I think today, from Pierre Maguire that he's the most disrespected superstar of all time, which is. Interesting, and I think will be part of the discussion that we have here. Um, but that really got my wheels turning, and I texted Nolan and I said, "Let's do a let's finally do the do the deed and have a goat discussion." Um, I want to preface this by saying that I think we're really lucky as hockey fans that our game has a undisputed goat. Like it's not like a basketball where there's a, a Jordan um, uh, a Jordan Lebron debate. Like I think anybody who's a reasonable person is going to say Wayne Gretzky. Right, um, so I think we're just we're fortunate as hockey fans to save a lot of shit, but we've expanded our list to our four ranked best players of all time, and that is what we are going to present to you here. So my only bugaboo with that is I would actually say a lot of the and I'm not a part of this crew, but I know a lot of the analytics nerds argue that it was actually Lemieux despite the lack of games played but yeah but those guys also hotbox their own farts (laughs) and we're also an Oilers podcast so uh yeah that that shit doesn't fly with us buddy but no I I think that the like you said I mean one of the best parts about hockey is you have like you have your Rushmore and I think that I mean, I know that we're going to disagree on on you know on a couple of our picks, but I really think that at least in our Mount Rushmore, you have two for sure names. Like you have two for sure names. It's Gretzky and it's Mario. And however you want to go with the next four are however you want to go. Sorry, you mean the next um, two? I'm, I don't. I'm, I'm actually Jesus, asking that's because I don't. I don't want to be like boss, no, like no one. I only have four. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is Mount Rushmore, so it is four. So I don't know what, where I was going with that. But uh, anyways, do you want me to start or do you want to start? Um, you can start. And, and then we'll go <laughs> one for one. <laughs> <laughs> the only person who hates that more than you listening is me. So don't fucking get at me for making punny one for one jokes. Um, but yeah, you can you go. You deal go, with it. Yeah, deal with it. Name of the pod. It's like in a movie when it's like, is this really as good as it's going to get? And then they look at the <laughs> and like, they said the name. It was crazy. Oh, my God. Um, anyways. You take, you take it away. You, Your hair looks fantastic today, I just want to say. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, w- I, I, uh, I, when I get out of the shower, I put my, I put a headband un- under my hair and I was going to record with it. And then Miles was an asshole to me and said, I look like a douchebag. And so I took it off. So I told him to fr- frig off with his mullet. One. So suck mullet, it, Miles. One, mullets are sick. 
to anybody that they, know, knows me they, knows they why. are really sick anybody that knows me knows why we don't allow why we don't allow headbands in recordings <laughs> go along with that <laughs> fuck off Okay. Anyways, number one, 99 himself, Wayne Gretzky. He's really good, and just his assists alone, he leads the he still leads the entire league in history. So that goes without saying. Uh, Wayne Gretzky is the best. Absolutely, Wayne Gretzky, 99, 100. Um, just 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 for those at home, uh, 1,487 games played. 2,857 points, good for 1.92 points per game. He was nearly averaging two points a game throughout his career. That is linsanity. Um, the second place points of all time is nearly a thousand less. It's about 900 points less, 1,921. So, like, that is absolutely staggering to be that far ahead of everybody else in terms of points. Like Wayne Gretzky was a bad, bad man. Um, Not to mention he was also, he's arguably the most, well, actually I wouldn't even say arguably, he's the most influential man in hockey. The only reason we have like West coast teams is because of Wayne Gretzky. It was him and the, and the, like once he got traded to LA, um, people don't really know this a whole lot, but like Wayne Gretzky, and I, I mean, I wasn't alive. I'm just t- going based off of what I've listened to and read and all that stuff. But Wayne Gretzky was nearly as big of a star as like Michael Jordan was in the oh, 90s. Yeah. Like he, he was he had huge. Like, he had like ho- like street hockey commercials and stuff in the States, like to promote like Road Warrior and stuff like that. Like yeah. and he was on soap operas. Like and he's a charismatic guy too. Oh, so yeah. I mean, it, it, it goes a long way. Great Anyways, head, go great, on. You were saying great head of hair as well. Um, but yeah, man, like people, people always like to make the argument like, oh, he played in a very, very easy era, blah, blah, blah. It was very offensively charged. But that doesn't change the fact that like the man was still getting deed up a very physical era, stick checks, uh, like guys bumping you, grinding you. That's why you had to have enforcers on your line. Shout out Marty, Marty McSorley. Um, but he was also going up against like the best defensive forwards the other teams had, um, their top defensive pairings, like Everybody was bringing their freaking A game for Gretzky and couldn't do a damn thing to stop him. What do you have? Fifty goals in thirty nine games, thirty nine or thirty seven? Oh, it was yeah. I it think was, it was thirty seven. It's yeah. in, absolutely insane what he was able to do. So yeah, undisputed uh, number one on our all, both of our Mount Rushmores is Wayne Gretzky. Um, it's really all you can say about the guy. Um, some people still don't know that he was a St. Louis Blue. I think anybody that's a hockey fan knows that. But it's always cool to see a ninety nine St. Louis jersey. Even you were tied with the friggin' Rangers. With the friggin' Rangers, Madison Square Garden. We don't, we don't like that, Wayne. We love, we, we love don't Wayne. Like that. We love but we Wayne. don't like that move, Wayne. That's no. not a very nice move, Wayne. Actually, even worse is Mark Messier playing for the Canucks. That's a, and that is a controversial time. That's so funny. <laughs> and that's a forgotten one too. Yeah, um, he like he made them like unretire a number that was like retired for a player that died. Oh. And then he like took captaincy from Trevor Linden. Like he was a he was an asshole when it came to the Vancouver Moose. Connects. Shout out Shout out Moose. We want you to come on the pod. <laughs> Defend yourself. Um, so that's our first one, and I can already see that we have a disagreement here. But Nolan, I will start off by saying my number two, and keep in mind these are ranked. Um, my second all-time goat is Sidney Crosby. 
And I know that that's one that people sitting at home might be like, yo, dude, he's not even retired. But let's just take a little trip down Sidney Crosby memory lane. Uh, before he even got into the NHL, he is a product of the Shattuck St. Mary's School oh my in God, Minnesota. Don't even. Uh, so being from Saskatchewan, most people know about Notre Dame, the old, the old hockey school in Wilcox, Saskatchewan. Well, not to be outdone is Shattuck's. Um, got a, I've got, I've got a list of some alumni here. Former Oilers. Okay, Pierre. Ty, Ty, <laughs> Nolan, can I please? Uh, Ty, <laughs> Ty Conklin. Uh, who, who else do we got here? We got. Both oh, we're of, off to a blazing start. Ty Conklin. <laughs> it, get, it gets better from there. Uh, Zach Parisi, Jonathan Taves. Um, who else do we got here? I got the list. I can't read them. <laughs> Barely literate. Drew Stafford, Derek Stefan. Um, Kyle Pozo, lots of very oh Nathan frickin McKinnon and Sidney Crosby. So this ain't no joke. That's a good school for hockey, and that is uh, part of what made this little Maritimer into who he is today. Um, looking at Sidney Crosby, just recently hit his 1,000th game, I believe this season, uh, a couple months ago. I think I posted it on uh, Pick a Palooza poll. Um, he's sitting at 1,028 games, 1,313 points. Um, crazy insane he's got 189 playoff points and 168 um, playoff games very cool let's look at what this man has done in terms of being because he's obviously like if he's my goat the reason i'm saying that is because he's doing it individually and he's doing it as a fantastic teammate and a fantastic leader he's great internationally triple gold club uh, not to mention three stanley cups one two are two art ross trophies two con smythes Two Rocket Richards uh, and th two, three Art Rosses, two Art Rosses. Either way, the man cleans up individual awards. The fact that he can show his uh, diversity as a player to win Art Rosses and Rocket Richards in an era with uh, playing against Alexander Ovechkin and some really nasty high goal scorers um, just shows how dominant this guy's been since he came into the league in 2005, I believe was his draft year. Um, Sidney Crosby is the like some of the shit that he can do and some of the goals that he scored. You watch his highlight reels, and it's different than like a McDavid goal where McDavid goes through everybody and tucks one, and it's it's sick and nice. But Sidney Crosby, multiple times, unbelievable passer, uh, multiple times will like just hold guys off and have the puck for like fucking 45 to a minute 30. Shout out to that goal he scored against the Oilers. Uh, absolutely fighting guys off and then potting it or passing it over to an open teammate and, and scoring. So he is extremely skilled. He's got great hockey IQ. Um, as I've mentioned, he's a winner. He's a great leader, great teammate, and awesome individual skill. Currently eighth in the NHL in points, so he's still doing it. Uh, his points would be a lot higher if not for the ultimately two seasons that he missed with a concussion and all the lockout shortened seasons and, and shit like that that he's had. Um, so for me, Sidney Crosby slept on, but my number two goat. Shout out Sidney Crosby's dryer. You should watch that commercial if you haven't watched it. <laughs> I, love, I love that commercial. <laughs> uh, but you, you, you mentioned it there at, at, the, at the tail end of what you were saying, but like Sidney Crosby, like this version of Sidney Crosby might actually be the the lesser of the initial version we got. Like if if that makes sense. Like when he got when he got his first concussion, the pace he was on, he had like I, I mentioned this in a previous episode, but he had like sixty six points in like 
41 games or something like that. He was on a, a, a tear that the NHL hadn't seen in like two decades. He was unbelievable. And so it's, it's, it makes me sometimes think like, is this the best version of Sidney Crosby we got? Like, could we have seen Sidney Crosby have like 180 points in a season? Like you, like you, like you don't know, but what right. he's done to his game as an offensive player and he's developed his game into like two way dominance as well. Like the reason why he won his first con Smythe in the 15, 16 season was because he was shutting the other team or he was shutting everybody down and also playing offensively Sidney Crosby hockey. So, um, I love Crosby. Uh, he's not my number two, but he is in my top four. Can I my say number one, two? Can I say one more thing about Sidney Crosby before you go? Just super quick, and it's more yeah. of a it's more of a medical thing for all the nerds out there. But Sidney Crosby. So when you get a concussion, it's essentially just caused by like impact, and it's your brain actually hitting your skull. Um, Sidney Crosby's concussion is one of the worst ones that you could get. His first one, because there's um, back and forth and there's side to side. Those are the two types of concussions you get, and most of the time you don't get them together you don't get vertical like forward and back and side to side unless you're in like a car crash or something like that and Sidney Crosby's first one in the winter uh, winter classic no the the, the one yeah yeah Yeah, it was a winter classic yeah he got it both directions I can't remember what the exact medical term is but that's one that like there was legitimate discussion that he may never play hockey again after that one yeah like that's how bad I remember that's how bad of a concussion he got so the fact like just like Nolan said um who he was like, this might not be the best version of Crosby we got. And he's still this dominant in this rank. Very cool. The last Crosby thing I want, sorry, I was just going to say the last Crosby thing I wanted to say is I remember his first game back against the Islanders. I don't know if you remember that game, but it was hockey night in Canada on like a Tuesday or something like that. And it was, it was similar to like the Mario Lemieux, like, cancer game like where he came back from cancer and it was it was it was an event like i remember watching that game and crosby's very first shift of the game uh takes it all the way down backhands it roofs it on i think it might have been uh uh might have been the the 15 year man himself uh rick dipietro (laughs) so yeah Sidney crosby really good player my number two is doom 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 Super Mario, Super Mario, Lemieux. Anyways, Mario Lemieux is my number two player. I think when you look back at potential careers, and there is the there was a, there was a topic trending on Twitter the other day of if you could have one athlete to never get injured in their career, I picked Andrew Luck because I think Andrew Luck is un, unreal. But anyways, um, a lot of people said Mario Lemieux because when you look at his points per game, uh, now he is like a thousand points behind Wayne, but the sheer dominance that Mario Lemieux had in the short time he played, um, let me pull up some statistics myself. So in addition to being 6'6", he was also 230 pounds, skated like a a, one, of, one of the best skaters monster. of all time. Yeah. Uh, it pretty much had the complete package. But anyways, two-time Stanley Cup winner, three-time Hart Trophy winner, six-time Art Ross winner. Shout out Wayne Gretzky. Uh, two times Conn Smythe, nine-time All-Star. 
was a Calder winner, famously scored on his first shift and his first shot in his career. Um, 1,700 points, or well, 1,723 points in 915 games. Um, Insane he did what he did in under 1,000 games played. Just like he said, career career taken from him because of cancer, but um, what could have been, man, for sure. Yeah, and just like and and just overall was, injuries to too. Sell, like, yeah, not to sell it short, man. What was great career, great player. I'm yeah, like at, I'm just looking at it right now. He retired ooh. in '94, took the took the lockout season off, and then yeah, he was back for his he was back for his 30 year old. Oh, sorry, no, it was '97. He retired and he was 31. Came back at 35 and had 76 points in 43 games. Get the fuck out of here. I'm looking at 1988-1989 when he had 85 goals, 114 assists for 199 points in 76 games. That's fucking disrespectful to 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 anybody who's ever tended the net. That is disrespectful. I'm absolutely floored by that. That's like Wayne Wayne's obviously had more than that, but dude, his shooting percentage that year, this is the funniest thing I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Did you see his shooting percentage in that in that specific season? No. Are you on hockey reference? Yeah. What is it? Scroll scroll to the right. You'll see it. No, and I'm barely literate. Okay. <laughs> he shot. So he scored. He scored 85 goals on 313 shots. He shot 27 <laughs> percent. That's fucked. Over a quarter of his shots were going in. Also, in 1995-1996, it took him 25 games to get to 70 points. Um, so the reason that I'm saying this is since 95-96, there's been five guys who have done it. It was Mario Lemieux three times, Yager twice, Ron Francis once, and Connor McDavid the other. Oh, my God. Like, a pretty elite player. Pretty, pretty, pretty good at hockey. Very but good kind at of, hockey. But kind of a cuck coming into the league. Uh, there's the famous draft day of him like not going up when the Penguins select him. Just the the classic parlez-vous Frenchman that didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to go anywhere because they because they, they famously openly tanked for Mario Lemieux. Oh, yeah. But hey, uh, I think it Could worked out. Could you imagine out. if he was a Hab? Like Habs fans would never shut up. The entire province of Quebec would be significantly more insufferable. Would be in lockdown. <laughs> like they, yeah, <laughs> they would have actually like. Like, if you look at, like, a map of Canada, they would have actually, like, cut themselves out of the map and then took themselves out of Canada because I, they would be, like, because they would keep on saying Mary Lemieux is better than Wayne Gretzky. I always like in the goon uh, when they, like, they're like, we're going to Quebec. And then they, like, <laughs> they're playing the game in Quebec and it's just insane. But they've got the Canadian flag. Uh, normal size, the American flag, normal size, and then the Quebec flag in the center. <laughs> that's like the size of the fucking flag at the Husky in Regina, like just D- massive. Dude, there's so there's so many funny lines in that movie. The friggin' Regina goalie, like, what's so fucking funny there, giggly bits? <laughs> He's like, I got two like, rules. I got two rules. <laughs> Number one, don't, don't touch, touch my perk. Don't touch my perk set. And you got any fucking perk set? <laughs> Oh man, Perkins, that's rule. Uh, anyway. Holy shit! <laughs> Go to your room. Fucking no one. One for one. one the drug. One pro. for one is canceled, <laughs> dude. Okay, true story. Quick little, a quick little side note. I, I got, I got prescribed Percocets when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. And 
uh, like my dad, like I was in my room for a good like two or three days afterwards because I I got up bad. Like I was destroyed after getting my wisdom teeth out, and I remember I, I had a bunch of like. I want to say they were pirated movies. Uh, it, so if the FBI is listening, I didn't do it. Somebody gave them to me. And <laughs> I, I put the movie Savages on, which inherently is not a very good movie. But I watched the movie Savages took Percocets and had a fan on me. I felt like I was living in the clouds. Like I was on cloud 69, man. It was unbelievable. Anyways. Uh, don't, do per- uh, <laughs> don't, do, don't do Percocets. Unless, don't do drugs, kids. Unless please subscribe don't. to you by a doctor. Prescribe. Subscribe. subscribe. Please, please like, comment, and subscribe. Um, my please like, comment, and prescribe. <laughs> okay. Uh, Miles, would you like to go next? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. So uh, my third uh, Mount Rushmore is none other than my mullet inspiration himself, Mr. Yomir Yogur. Uh, absolute force. The little brother to Mario. Uh, great guy. Um also shout and everybody talks about it but yager is like the king of not giving a fuck like that picture of that that supermodel oh. that was trying to extort him and was like yeah. if uh if you don't pay me i'm gonna post this picture of us hooking up and he's like do it i'm 45 and you're really hot this is like an absolute w for me so yager is like the king of, of being sick from czech republic olympic gold medalist uh, is he yeah i'm pretty sure the czech, oh, oh. czech the Czechs won yeah, the, uh, in 90, Japan. Ninety-eight. Yeah, I think it was the it was the uh, the one where uh, Mark Crawford didn't use Wayne Gretzky in the shootout. Exactly, infamous. Yeah, but uh, that Czech team was loaded. Dominic Hask between the pipes when he was like an absolute dominant uh, goaltender. The um, dominator. The dominator. Absolutely, man. Um, so yeah, Yamir Yager. But let's just take a little look at Yamir Yager. Kind of what sim- similar to uh, Mario Lemieux in the sense of the, the career that could have been. Um, because he went back to the homeland for the well, maybe not the prime of his career, but he kind of defied logic of how long he was dominant. But he spent one, two, three, four years, um, three years, and then one year with the Flyers, and then he went back to the Czech League um, to play overseas. And those were years where he was still putting up like decent numbers. And if he would have stayed in the NHL, I think he would have uh, never would have caught Wayne. Um, but would have gotten over 2,000 points, and it would have been crazy to see him over 2,000 points, um, being only the second player all time to do that. Equal, uh, regardless, very impressive. Uh, 1,733 games in the National Hockey League, uh, 1,921 points, good for 1.1 points per game, um, and second all time in points. Uh, played for nine teams over the course of his career, uh, which is very cool. Uh, I like to see it. Uh, a number of awards himself. He's got th- four or five Art Rosses, uh, one heart to his name, a couple Pearsons, uh, three Pearsons, and one Bill Masterson trophy. Uh, Probably the, the best player career. of the 2000s, if we're being Absolutely. honest. Yeah, everybody talks about Patrick Marlowe and Gordie Howe being uh, father timelesses, but I think Yager's still playing pro in Czech. So he's, yeah, uh, man. he's, he's a freak. So, I wanted to bring up my like I think this is I I think this is like a stat that will never be broken. Yarmir Yager in his second season in Florida, Connor McDavid's rookie season, 2015-16. Let's put this into perspective. Uh uh Yarmir Yager was drafted uh 7 years before Connor McDavid was even born. <laughs> crazy. So crazy. 
Yarmir Yager, at the age of 43 years old, had 66 points in 79 games. I don't think we'll ever see that broken. Unless it's like Crosby that does it, I would like, fine. But we're still, I mean, you're still another 10 years away from Crosby being able to do that. Yeah. Like, that's an outrageous number at that age. So, uh, Yarmir Yager whips, man. I love him. I was going to say rules, but I say rules a lot. So, Dude, I'm going to go whips this time. Played a full 82-game season as a 42-year-old yeah. in 2016-2017. That's crazy, man. That's 82 yeah. NHL games. And he had, like, he had still had, like, 46 points. Like, that yeah. would be... Like, that would be, like, fourth on the Edmonton Oilers. Like, that's yeah. insane. But you, like... Um, Yager's a guy that we being like 20 some year old mid to late 20 year old guys um didn't really get to see like primo yager when he was playing yeah. in pittsburgh and he was dominant um so the, the longevity and the skill and the different eras of yager and the hair and the not giving a fuck absolutely one of my goats i still think it's a travesty that he has not gone back to pittsburgh like i wanted him to go back to pittsburgh when he signed in philly because that would have been awesome plays with mario comes back plays with crosby like that would <laughs> that would have been unbelievable a hundred percent uh my third and i'm, I'm kind of just going off of like old head logic basically but um it, it, it's got it's got to be robert it's got to be robert himself robert Orr. uh the uh he uh, and, and i mean did we won't get into it, but he he had a he had a bit of a questionable choice in a newspaper uh, about about a I don't know good eight months ago. So we, we won't get into that. Uh, but anyways, Bobby Orr uh, <laughs> separate the art from the artist. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, we're for, I mean, if we're talking go to position, he's the goat defenseman. Nine hundred and fifteen points in six hundred and fifty seven games. We just talked about what could have been in careers. Bobby Orr didn't even play 700 games, and knees, he retired at the glass. age of 30. Yeah, man. And just some of the things that, or just some of the numbers in his fourth season: 120 points in 76 games, including 33 goals. And then what does he do? He follows that up with 139 points and 37 goals in 78 games. Like the guy was a freak. He completely revolutionized the like like the position of playing defense like puck movement um a dynamic uh, unbelievable skater he was the perfect package that you could ask for for a defenseman um and then if we're going to go over his credentials uh two-time cup winner obviously he's got the, the famous goal uh nine-time all-star calder um calder trophy winner three-time heart winner which is a little surprising eight-time norris winner and this isn't like Oh, we want to give you like this isn't like the uh, the eighth Norris Trophy that Nick Lidstrom got, which was a complete joke. He had like a, he had he had a negative plus minus, and he won the friggin' Norris. Like, sorry, and I know Leon won the heart with a negative plus minus, but it's not the same. Anyways, like Bobby Orr was dominant, and he was easily the best defenseman in the NHL. I still think he is the best in league history. And I think that when you're talking about your top four, you have to have Bobby Orr in there. I mean, it, it's okay, Miles. You could not have him. No, man, I don't disagree with you. And obviously, you know, it's our individual top four. And um, Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. Bobby Orr was like absolutely on my short list. And I will say, uh, I think you, we each have one more to go, right? Um, but I think we already we, talked about them though. We've yeah. given it away. Mine's Mario Lemieux and I yeah. think yours is Crosby. 
So Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do think Crosby will pass Orr by the end of his career. I'm just saying if Crosby's career ended today, he's at four for me. But I realistically think that Crosby could move his way up to like second. Yeah. And that's, hey, that's where I got him. So I, I don't disagree with you there. But uh, I, you know, Bobby Orr, Gordy Howe were two guys that were very close on, on my list to being there as well. Um, and, you know, I, I can already hear some people like, fucking, you didn't have Gordy Howe on there, piece of shit, like kind of thing, right? But um, I don't know, man. I'm just looking at my list. And I think that these guys were the best to ever play the game, plain and simple. And I would be happy to hear other people's opinions. I think everybody's got a top four. And, I think it'd be super dope to hear other people, other fans, so or not fans, but people listening to submit their top four and can post some of them and, and different things like that. So definitely open to getting those. DMs are always open. Also, if we're being honest, like if we're talking about like best player or like most talented player, it's probably Connor McDavid, right? Like of all time. Like if you throw if you throw Connor McDavid in the nineteen eighties, he probably has like two hundred and fifty points. He has more. He has more than Gretzky, but like you can't. I, I hate that argument. I don't like yeah, that no, argument. No, I no, I'm not. But I'm not saying that he is. I'm just saying like if we're talking like most talented player to ever play in this league, it's. I don't think we've ever seen like game breaker like straight up like Connor McDavid is a game breaker. He like. If he's got the puck on a stick, the ent- the entire defensive structure of that opposing team does not know what to do. But I same, like same with like Gre- I said, same with Gretzky though. Yeah, but I'm just saying I think it's I think it's the the technological advancement and like I I just think that there is that there is that there is that discussion that you, that you could have that he is probably the most talented player to ever play in this league. But nonetheless, though, I, don't, I do not put him in that discussion. No, I don't disagree with you. And I think it's a long way away before we're able to say that. And there's uh, one big silver elephant in the room that's got to be established before he can even be in that conversation. So I know we'll leave her there. <laughs> but like and I said, DM you got work to do. Yeah. DMs are open. If you want to submit your four Mount Rushmore uh, hockey players, super happy to hear it. So don't be shy in sending that over. Now, with goats out of the way, this one will be a little bit quicker. Um, Nolan and I also wanted to take a, a little jaunt down memory lane and talk about our th- uh, four favorite players growing up. And we're all kind of from the same era of being hockey fans. And, and these are, for me, being a young kid growing up in a small town that was playing hockey, I sound like I'm writing a fucking book. Um, these were guys that I looked up to and always tried to emulate in road hockey or you know on the ice and had posters of them in my room and drew pictures of them in art class. So these these are definitely some pretty nostalgic ones here. Um, do you want to kick things off or do you want me to go first? Uh, you can you can kick it off this time. Okay. So this one requires a little bit of a story. Uh, I grew up in a small town just outside of Regina. Uh, shout out Vibank, Saskatchewan. Um, and there was a neighboring town called Odessa. And the two towns, we went to the same school. A lot of us hung out together. A lot of us played hockey together. And just the way that it worked out, um, there was a number of... I can already tell Taylor's going to give me shit for saying out like a fucking hoser. But, oh, damn it. I hate when I... You hate... I hate when I catch myself saying something stupid. Anyway, um... (laughs) So a bunch of my buddies from Odessa had older brothers who were really big Colorado Avalanche fans. So just by nature, when we were little kids, we'd watch a lot of Avs games and we all loved the Avalanche. So my first favorite player was Joe Sackett, Burnaby Joe. One of the best wrist shots in NHL history, um, played his WHL hockey in Saskatchewan 
for the Swift Current Broncos and Lethbridge Broncos, was actually a member of that Broncos team uh, that had a few bus fatalities outside of Swift Current. Um, but just looking at the numbers he put up in the WHL, 133 points and then 160 points. Guy was a freak. Played at the same time as Theron Fleury, um, who was also having like 150 point seasons in the WHL. Can't imagine what that WHL games would have been like. like those are some crazy numbers. Those are high scoring games. Whatever. I digress. Um, but Joe Sackick was an absolute force. Eighth all time in points. Uh, 1,378 games played. One sixteen hundred and forty-one points. Six hundred and twenty-five of those were goals. Man could shoot the puck at a freaking fantastic clip. Um, was very stoked, very pumped to see him be the captain of Team Canada at the Turn Olympics in two thousand six. But we will not talk about how that team finished because it was very Ouch. lackluster. But Joe Sakic, nasty. Um, Two-time Stanley Cup winner, Conn Smythe Trophy, Hart Trophy, uh, Lady Bing. Bud Light plus minus award. Let's fucking go <laughs> at a Lester B. Pearson award. So, yeah, Joe Sackick, man. Everybody wanted to wear 19. Everybody wanted to be Joe Sackick. I remember being in the library and watching YouTube videos of Joe Sackick scoring bingos and one of him cleaning somebody's clock in a fight. Um, I love Joe Sackick, man. I remember when he retired. I was so sad. The crazy part about Joe Sackick is, like, the wrestling-style heel turn he's done as a GM. Yeah. <laughs> like, he he was pretty much, like, universally discussed as, like, one of the worst GMs in the league. Kind of at the end of, like, the Matt Duchesne era. And then it became the analytics show in Colorado. And now Colorado is an absolute fucking powerhouse of a team. And what Joe Sackick has built, I mean... They, they still have one of the best prospect pools in the NHL, and they're one of the best teams in the NHL. Like, it's unfair. It's completely unfair. Um, yeah, Joe Saka, great pick. Who do you got? I think everyone, I think everyone knows who's going to be number one. Um, it's Taylor Hall. Um, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Go ahead. Go, go, go. I want to hear. Uh, Taylor Hall is... Uh, I know that he's he's a he's what what we would call a problematic player um, to some people. Uh, there's all the all the stories you tend to hear about Taylor Hall, not only on the ice but also off the ice, because there's lots of rumors that go around. But um, I I think when you're thrust into the situation that Taylor Hall was put in, where he was the first overall pick of a rebuilding team that was run by a bunch of former Oilers that basically uh, just wanted to go and set up in their box suite and uh, drink red wine. Uh, <laughs> he was, he was like, he was the star. He was the one that we looked at along with Eberly and freaking Magnus PRV and Linus Omark as like the future. It, it, embarrassingly, there was a photo of the four of them and it said uh, H for Hall, O for Omark, P for PRV and E for Eberly. It was like, hope and it it's the worst shit looking back at it dude the decade um, of darkness is a fucking meme oh, <laughs> oh man we could do we could literally do a whole episode about the about the decade of darkness Ooh, but I like. that's a good idea right there but anyways uh, the guy is a hell of a player he's a competitor on the ice i know that the buffalo tenure has kind of tarnished him a little bit um miles kind of rattled off his stats the other day but my my favorite encounter with Taylor Hall was the fact that uh, I've I've met him a couple times and 
I've had I've exchanged pleasantries with him. I don't know if we'll get into the story, but I can probably do it another day. Um, But uh, I I really like Taylor Hall, and I'm guilty to admit it. And so, if people have a problem with that, he's a Hart Trophy winner on a team that was really not good, and he dragged them to the playoffs. Now, whether or not he should have won that Hart Trophy is up for discussion. I would probably argue not. Um, But nonetheless, though, uh, Taylor Hall is one of my favorites and I would love him to come back. Yeah, man. I like I like Taylor Hall as well, but I know you're a big Halsey guy. Um can you tell just the quick one of the uh of the biology test or the chem test or whatever? Oh, so this is a this is a rumor apparently. I I don't know if this is true, but this is a this is a rumor I heard. Um and I, it, because I'm from I'm from uh Kingston, Ontario and that's where Taylor Hall's from as well. Um and so uh, the the rumor was was that he had like a like a biology test or like a chemistry test um, right before he was drafted, and uh, <laughs> he wrote uh, <laughs> apparently when he got this final he literally wrote on it uh, it was something along the lines of like fuck this I'm going to the bigs like big energy Elite. big energy Elite. we love to see it Elite yeah energy. that's that's first overall pick energy right oh, there fuck so. man. that's so I, I live for that that that's the type of shit that i love to see um yeah fuck shout out taylor hall if that if that story is true man i could not imagine being that teacher you'd open up the front cover of the test and you'd see that and you'd just be like <laughs> and, you, and you and you just see his like big lips fucking smiling at you as he's leaving give me tickets I hate you, but give me tickets. Like, like Jerry D, Mr. D. And Taylor, <laughs> Taylor, please come on the podcast. We would really, we would really appreciate it. We need answers to these questions. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get a hold of his people. Um, so my my second favorite player of all time, Nolan, is extremely po- problematic, and I want to preface that uh, before we even yeah, start. You know. Huh? Yeah, you know it's a, uh, you know, I'm just a fucking, uh, I'm just a fucking all star. You know. Pretty well. Thanks for giving it away, but it is. <laughs> Danny fucking Heatley, the all-star baby. I love Danny Heatley, and I hate the off-ice antics, uh, especially what he did in Atlanta. Fucking horrendous decision. Oh, my God. That went down dark lane right there. Uh, yeah, man. But regardless of that, and I don't know why I like him so much, but he was just an electric player to watch. Um, scored some crazy goals. I would say one of the one of the best goal scorers of the 2000s and 2010 era. Two-time 50 goal scorer, point per game in the 2010 Olympics. Not a big deal. Um, guy was an absolute force. Interesting though, in those two uh, 50 goal seasons that he never won an Art Ross. I think that, or sorry, not an Art Ross, a Rocket Richard. I think the guys were beating him like 54. Like he was pretty damn close, but never actually got it. The only NHL award he ever actually won was a Calder, which is crazy to me. Um, but uh, I remember being a pretty impressionable young lad and watching that Daniel Alfredson, Jason Spezza, Danny Heatley line. That was just absolutely elite. And some of the goal. The, the the way they would move the puck and the way that he would shoot and finish was was absolutely insane. And then all the like meme stuff around like fucking trade me Eugene, you're a loser. And then the the Twitter account that was spawned from it. Like, uh, do you know that meme where it's like inside you there are two wolves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in inside me there are two wolves. One of them is like an eloquent young man who went to university and likes to debate and talk about philosophy and (laughs) politics and shit like that and then the other wolf in me is just essentially the heat daddy account 
on Twitter. <laughs> like, just a horny, drunk, degenerate talking about hockey. Those are the two wolves yeah. inside I, of me. I, I still I still follow that account because once in a while, he'll tweet something that I find really funny. Um, oh, yeah. Because it's, like, it's still, like, my, my one, like, connection to hockey bro culture that I still have. Um, but he, he, he does actually have some, like, pretty genuinely funny moments. Oh, for um, sure. Anyways, is that your last bit on Danny Heatley? Fucking all-star. My number, my number two is, uh, is probably heresy uh, to this podcast, but it is Dromaginla. And I don't know how you can be Canadian and not like Dromaginla. Not heresy. That's respectable. Yeah. Um, Jerome Aginla is... No, 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 mean, no, 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 no. Say his whole name. No! <laughs> I, <laughs> that's, that's straight up offense. Okay, fine, I'll do it. It's uh, his name! Because I, a... I think it would be disrespectful to not... I guess you do mispronounce names from time to time. Okay, let's, let's do this. Try, okay. try your best. There is no okay. way is this beaking. He just has a really, like... It's just, his name's Jerome Aginla, but it's not actually Jerome Aginla. And it's cool, okay. and it's interesting. <clears throat> Jerome, Arthur Lee, Adekunle, Tig Jr., Elvis Aginla. Crazy. That is his name. Crazy name. Unbelievable cool name. name. And, and guess where he was born? Edmonton, Alberta. Hey, didn't he retire an oiler? No. No? That was just a Definitely meme not. picture? That it must have been a meme, yeah. No, he, he definitely retired Wouldn't a Calgary Flame. Be nice Dude, could you could you imagine like this like could you imagine some like Twilight Zone where Jerome Ginla is an oiler? Like imagine how many Jerome Ginla jerseys would be roaming the streets oh my of Edmonton. God. Well little known fact about Jerome Ginla, he grew up and he was a goalie and his favorite player was Grant Fear because it was a black athlete in the city that he grew yeah. up in who was a stud. So it's just kind of cool that he grew up as a as a little a little uh, goaltender and turned out to be one of the best power forwards in NHL history. Yeah, and the cool part too is about him being a power forward is that he he wasn't even like like he's a big guy, but he wasn't like huge because typically when you hear power forward, you think like Cam Neely or you think like Eric Lindros. But Jerome McGinley was six one two ten, but. He scored goals at a rapid rate, hit guys like there was no tomorrow, and he could beat the ever-living wheels off of you. You think back to that Stanley Cup final fight between between him and Vinny LeCavalier. Oh. Wasn't that? But oh, man. He tough was, son of a bitch. Oh, un, and just in, insane. Uh, 1,300 points in 1,554 games. Uh, Hockey Hall of Famer kind of goes without saying. Um, I mean, there is... Uh, Four-time All-Star. He was a two-time Richard winner. Robbed of a Hart Trophy. Absolutely robbed of a Hart Trophy. Um, should have got it. I want to say it was the 0102 season. I can't remember who won it in the 02 season. But um, absolutely should have a Hart Trophy. And, and it's a it's a crime that he never won a Stanley Cup. There was that yeah. whole thing when he got traded to Boston, then he waived it, and then he got traded to Pittsburgh, and then... That year, uh, fucking uh, Pittsburgh got bounced by Boston in the Eastern Conference Final, and then Boston went to the Cup Final. And you think, oh, if they would have had him, and they could have played Chicago, like it, it's it's a tragedy. But I, I and just the the best part about Jerome McGinley is like the humanity aspect of him. You hear all these stories about all the cool things Jerome McGinley's done for people. There was that there was that story about I think they were in the at uh, the Salt Lake City Olympics. Yeah. And he ran into uh, he ran into a couple that were visiting from Calgary because they wanted to watch because they wanted to watch Team Canada, 
and he'd asked where they're from, and they said, oh, yeah, like, we're big Flame fans and all, and all that stuff. And um, But they were sleeping in their car because they couldn't afford a hotel room. And legend has it that Jerome McGinley paid for their hotel room in the same hotel that him and his family were at. So just an unreal guy. Um, hell of a player. Like I said, absolute shame he didn't win a Stanley Cup. Even if he was like a fourth liner uh, black ace on a, on, a, on a team, it would have been unreal if he would have been able to win one. 100%. Shut up, Flames and Kyle. 100%, man. I agree with you. I think I think every, like you said, every Canadian that grew up in our era is has a big soft spot for Jerome. Shout also, two time gold medal winner. Or, yes. Yeah, two time gold medalist. Shout out, Jerome Gitma. Um, Anyways, you're up next. Thank you. Um, so I was really racking my brain because I had my favorite goalie pick. My favorite goalie has been picked my entire life. But uh, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, we got Heater, I got Sackick. I'm like, who else do, am I just an absolute simp for? And then I looked to my left, and you can kind of see it, Nolan. Uh, got a little picture here, and it is of Alexander Ovechkin. I love Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, I like guys who score goals, but more than liking guys who score goals, I like guys who look like they have fun while they're doing it. And I think that Alexander Ovechkin is, like, the embodiment of, like, what it looks like to go to work and love your job. Other than when he's a fucking dragging a piano behind him because he's putting a little Russian hissy fit up. Um, he loves <laughs> to score goals. He loves when the boys score goals. He's electric. He hits. He, you know, skates well. He's all that shit. Um, lots best of shot in NHL history. Best shot in NHL history. Lots of people think that, you know, potential that he could have passed Wayne for all-time goals. Um, had it not been for COVID and lockout short seasons gonna do it and still, all that man. sort of stuff. And he damn well uh, still could do it. Had two goals last night to put him on 24 for the season. Uh, a little bit of callback to one of our previous episodes where it's like, yeah, I never count out uh, Alexander Ovechkin for the Rocket because all he's got to do is just start fucking shooting and they're going to go in. So when he gets in the office, it is insane to see what happens. Uh, currently just under 1,200 games, 1,194 he has 1,320 points. 730 of those are goals. Holy shit. Ridiculous. I'm counting. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 Rocket Richards. 1 Calder. 1 Art Ross. 2 Hearts. Uh, 1 Stanley Cup. And a, a number 1 Con Smythe. Like, man's a freak. I love Ovi. I hate that he's a Putin puppet, but... Uh, separate the art from the artist. Six foot three, two hundred and thirty-eight pounds. Um, loves as a fucking booze bag. You can see him just <laughs> sucking back liquor. We Wanna... we know we no fucking suck anymore. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Alexander Ovechkin, uh, one of my favorite players of all time. I'm so happy he's a cup winner. That makes there. I don't think there's been a better feel good moment in the probably the last twenty, like since the Ray Bork Stanley Cup win, than Alex Ovechkin winning the Stanley Cup when he got the Stanley Cup. And oh, I just I think about it all the time when he and he lifts the cup and he loses his mind and it's just ah, it's a man that's reached ah, his goal. Yeah, and it. it's it's. It's a man that's reached everything he's ever wanted to do and could tell all of the haters to shove it up their <laughs> pipes. Him drunk in the fountain all time. Oh, classic. Beautiful. It's it's belongs in the Smithsonian. <laughs> <laughs> My number three player, and this is going to be a weird one, um, but he's always been one of my favorites. 
Uh, Pride of uh, Markham, Ontario, played for the Sarnia Sting. Uh, Steven Stamkos. Oh, yeah. Uh, the guy that the guy that set off the rebuild in Tampa Bay uh, famously had an awful rookie season and followed up with 50 goals. <laughs> so <laughs> just another freak. Uh, and he's another player similar to Sidney Crosby where injuries have probably turned him into a much different player because before his uh, before his awful leg injury, uh, Steven Stamkos was on a monster tear. Um, anybody that's not familiar with it, just how good Steven Stamkos used to be. I'll read you off his uh, first couple of seasons in the NHL because uh, he, he's still a great player. He still has 866 points in 841 games. Um, has had some trouble staying healthy for good reason. His first five seasons, uh, we're going to ignore the rookie season because that one was bad. Uh, then he had 51 goals, 45, followed that up with 60. Friggin' 60 goals, which is only rivaled by Ovi. And after that, he had 29 goals in 48 games, which would put him on pace for uh, 49 goals. So another 50-goal season. Uh, And then the injuries happened, and he hasn't been quite the same player since. He did have a a 45-goal campaign as well. But at the end of the day... Steven Stamkos is is just one of those guys that I I just I love seeing guys like Stamkos win a cup. He seems like he's a really liked player, uh, captain of one of the best teams in the league, one of the best run organizations in the league. Um, there, there's not a bad thing you can say about Steven Stamkos. And I, I, as an honorable mention for favorite like skater, I'd probably say like Victor Hedman too. Victor Hedman whips like six foot six uh, uh skates like a five foot nine guy and is just a genius just a genius on the back end i like i love it i love it man that's a great pick uh steven stamkos flies under the radar i think in a lot of people's um just like appreciation of good players because just like you said he's he was he was absolutely built different and his the one knee one timer Oh, oh! I love watching videos of guys hitting a knee for one tee. Sidney Crosby makes a one uh, makes it makes taking a knee look oh, pretty yeah. fucking easy too. Um, yeah, something about the, that. That's hockey porn, hundred percent. Steven Stamkos got the one or got the friggin' one knee one timer in NHL twelve. Yeah, like I remember when that was added. Like that was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, man, hundred percent. I agree with you. Uh, All right, talk well, about your obviously, man. Obviously, I don't agree with you because our. Our, our our faves are very different uh organic without any crossover we didn't even have to, it's great yeah, we didn't even have to have to make anybody make any concessions um but the guy that i want to talk about i mentioned it i was a goalie growing up and i absolutely loved and simped for and still do patrick waugh I fucking love Patrick Waugh. A man with a little bit of an attitude. I love the attitude. Everybody always jokes about goalies just being weird and being different. And Patrick Waugh is fucking different. He's a weirdo. He's a psycho, man. And that's what I love about him so much. Second all-time in wins uh, in league history to Martin Brodeur. Ultimately, I think Marty was kind of like a... I want to be him when I grow up about Patrick Waugh. And uh, kind of built his game off of him. Patrick Waugh is also... um, 
like highly regarded as like the father of butterfly goaltending, which is what pretty much everybody plays as a goalie now. He really uh, redefined the position. Um, started in 1984, played all the way until 2002, 2003. I actually remember, I was thinking about it today when we were getting ready for the pod. Um, I remember sitting on the couch and watching CTV News where Lloyd Robertson was discussing a historic NHL retirement uh, hanging up the skates is Patrick Waugh. And I remember like the meme of that person outside of the uh, Donald Trump inauguration was like, no, that was me seeing Patrick Waugh retiring, crying into the pillow as like an eight year old, nine year old, however old I was in 2003. Um, looking at some of his numbers, three con Smythes. So every year that he won a Stanley Cup, he won a con Smythe. A uh, number of William M. M. Jennings, um, three Vesna trophies to his name, and funnily enough, funnily, hilarity, uh, laughable enough that he has a Jack Adams award as well as Coach of the Year. The and the the Patrick Waugh era in Colorado is Prob- a hell of a storm. It's a problematic storm. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I love Patrick Waugh. I could go on and on and on about Patrick Waugh, but he is my absolute inspiration as a goaltender. Favorite goaltender, favorite hockey player you of all time. You forgot about the the infamous Patrick Waugh moment. You think I was going to leave that out? Oh, okay, there you go. A teen yup. Go yeah. for it. <laughs> uh, getting into a beaking match with Jeremy Roenick. He famously said, I can't hear him. I have two Stanley Cup ring plugging my ear. I actually, it, this, so this goes to the legacy of Patrick Waugh because that's actually not the moment I was thinking about. No? The I was thinking dog? when he told the owner to shove it and then oh, in requested yeah. a trade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gets gets ripped after like ten goals and then tells the owner to. Yeah. Suck I will never. I will never play another game as a Montreal Canadian. <laughs> and then goes on to be awesome in Colorado. Him and him and Ken Dryden are probably are probably two of the best playoff goaltenders of all time. Uh, Patrick Waugh is so good. And the hot dog and story when he made the glove save against Detroit in the playoffs one year, I think it was like the conference final or something like that. And he holds the puck up in the air like, yeah, look at the big save Papa just made, drops it, gets scored on and then clutches his head in his hands. He's like, (laughs) oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I had a goalie coach that would always like if you were ever getting too cocky, he'd always be like, don't Patrick Wyatt. Do not Patrick (laughs) Wyatt. And I liked how that was a verb. Um, my favorite goalie of all time is, well, and this is the problem is I don't, I, I actually can't pick, I can't pick between who's my favorite because the second one, uh, people could very well, uh, do a retroactive search through Nolan Schumann's social media and then, uh, retroactively cancel him. Uh, because I've talked some shit about the second goaltender on this list because he was a goalie for, uh, my divisional rival. So there's that. Um, but I personally think the greatest goaltender of all time, and I, I, I think just off of sheer dominance, the dominator himself, Dominic Hasek. If we're going to talk about awards and we're going to talk about the ridiculousness of one player you can easily point to Dominic Hasek and Miles brought up uh, goalies being weird and my Lord exhibit a is the co-host of the very podcast. weird goalie. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let me give you some of Dominic Hasek's numbers. By the way, we're 39. That's kind of gross. I don't like that. I don't approve of that Dominic. Um, so 
389 wins, 223 losses, 95 ties. Uh, but played on a, uh, sorry, it would be ties or overtime losses, whatever. Anyways, uh, Dominic Hasek didn't start playing in the NHL until he was 26 years old, which he debuted with the Chicago Blackhawks. Then after playing with the Blackhawks, he went on a hell of a run with the Buffalo Sabres. And this is back when the Sabres were actually like kind of cool, like with Breer and Chris Drury and all that. Like they were pretty awesome. Also robbed of a cup win, unfortunately. And sorry, sorry for, sorry about that Buffalo fans. No goal. Two-time, two-time Hart Trophy winner, two-time Cup winner because he was able to luckily win it with Detroit. Thank goodness. Um, but do you know how many Vesnas he won, Miles? He won, I think he won like five or six. He won six Vesnas. Yeah. That is ridiculous. And his his career GAA is two point two zero and a nine twenty two save percentage. Guy was a freak between the pipes and a freak off the ice. Um, you just just listen to a Dominic Hasek interview and you'll be blown away. But like, if you think is Ilya Brzezgalov's weird, whoa. Um, Dominic Hasek, bit of an odd duck. Um, did you want to mention anything about Dominic Hasek? Yeah, man. There was one. There's one Dominic Hasek story that I absolutely love, and it's just like. Because uh, he would flail, right? Like, he would do whatever he had to do to keep the puck out. And there's a famous story. I think the only other guy who's really done it or that I can think of off the top of my head is actually Steve Mason. But Dominic Hasek used to, like, drop his stick and just grab the puck with his blocker hand. If he could see it, then he wasn't able to get it, get it with his glove. He would just fucking shed the stick, grab the puck with his blocker hand, and, and pull it in and, and reel it in. Um, he actually Freak had show. one freak show like did not care what he had to do to stop the puck there was one where he was like kind of tied up and the guy shot and he actually just caught it with his blocker like with his bare hand no padding in front of it i don't know if he broke his hand or broke any fingers but i don't imagine that didn't feel very i don't imagine that felt very good um but like donna Cassick was just like the embodiment of like stop the puck by any means necessary it doesn't matter if it looks pretty and yeah. he made some he was the king of stacking the pads anytime you stack the pads and poke check you felt like dominic Hasek. And also, like, cool as a cucumber. Oh, like, yeah. in the net. Like, he was so calm. Like, you want to talk about guys that did not let the game get to them? He did not let the game get to them. I remember, um, I remember he had a 13-save shutout when he played on the uh, Ottawa Senators <laughs> with the aforementioned Heatley, Spezza, and uh, Alfredson line. Yeah, he had a 13. They were nasty with him. Uh, never really did anything. But 13-save uh, 13 shutout against the Montreal Canadiens. And I remember just seeing that stat and being like, Wow, he didn't even have to work. <laughs> Little asshole Miles. Yeah, such a prick. Thinks, thinks his shit don't stink. Um, th- my other guy is Roberto Luongo. Um, and I think it's just because of the personality more than anything. How Roberto Luongo is not a media personality yet is beyond me. Um, one strong, of the funniest Twitter bone. accounts. One of oh, the yes. funniest Twitter accounts. Um, one of the, and just a, just, just a funny guy overall. He was, he was always a pretty funny guy, um, when he was playing, uh, unfortunately never won a Stanley cup. And I shouldn't say unfortunately, cause it was with the Vancouver Canucks. Um, so I'm, I'm happy he didn't win a Stanley cup then. Uh, so that, that's always good, but it would have been nice to see him win one with, with Florida and Roberto Longer, the, the first, the first run in Florida was insane. Um, oh, so good. Freak. He was, he was, Absolute he was freak. that guy. He was that guy when everyone was talking about Broder as like the best goalie in the league. People were like, mm, I don't know. 
like you, you got you to look at Florida, man, because he played behind some dog shit teams. Oh, and um, he gave him a chance, man. He gave him a he, chance. Yeah, I'm, I actually want to see what his career numbers are. Yeah, career 2.52 GAA, uh, 919 save percentage. And like with, with Roberto Luongo, he had the benefit of the fact that he started playing when he was like 21 years old. So really young guy, played for a long time, 489 got, wins, 392 losses. He got drafted fairly high by the Islanders as well, didn't he? Yep, and then the Mike Milbury series happened yeah. with the Islanders. Yeah. And no, he moved him to Florida. Well, like we were talking about a few episodes ago, about uh, like it's just goalies don't come in young now and play like right away. And Luongo yeah. might have been like one Luongo or Flurry are probably like the last guy who came in young, got the reins, and uh, was just an animal. Yeah, wow, we we ran through that, man. Jesus. Anyways, so upcoming on the docket this week hey you'd think we'd have like four games but guess what we only have two <laughs> it's great um oilers play the habs twice this week which is a little scary uh, april 19th and april 21st uh, please let's let's get more performances like the one we had last night i'm, I'm begging you i don't want to lose the habs again i want to get second in the division and also there's no hockey night in canada this week Kind of like kind of fucky, if you ask me. I think that's a I think that's Some, a little fucky. Something kind of fucky, Julian. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's I I hopefully we have a nice bounce back this week. You know what? I'm calling it now. I think this is a new team, two and zero. Oh. I am going to say one and one, um, but I <gasps> but I do think they're going to get the uh, monkey off their chest, Nolan, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I think they'll be one and one, but I would not be surprised if they go two and zero. Okay, good. I'm, I'm I'm glad we agree on that. But can't agree on fl- uh, players we like, but uh, can agree on how the Oilers are going to do. Hey, at least it, at least it wasn't too heavy. At least it wasn't too heavy of a fight, right? So it was good. Yeah. The gloves, the gloves, the gloves. It was. Ge- I, gloves I had fun. I one. had a lot of fun this episode. And, I had a lot of fun I, too. I hope Miles. that the folks at, at home are going to have fun listening to it. Like I said, uh, or they'll be screaming at their steering yeah. wheels. What? <laughs> no, Gordiao. I can already just hear like two or three people that are going to be fucking livid. There's gonna, there's gonna be, there, there's gonna be a forty-eight-year-old dad in the driver's seat of his car uh, making a video for Facebook, and he's gonna be like, uh, "This is for Nolan and Miles with one for one." <laughs> Dude, we wish we had haters. That'd be unreal. <laughs> um. Anyways, Nolan, I, Miles, I think that's it, eh? That's it, I think. Please, uh, thank you for everyone for taking part in Pickapalooza. Still, um, the season's um, the season's getting close to being over, so there there will be a winner crown. So keep playing, keep keep being engaged because there is something waiting on the other side. Miles, when was the last time you updated the ranking? Last weekend. Uh, it'll get updated okay, again right away here. Okay, lit. Um, but yeah. Please follow us on Twitter at one for one pod and then on Instagram at one underscore four underscore one pod and miles take her away. Thanks again for tuning into the 15th episode of the one for one podcast. And as always, go Oilers go. Go Oilers go. Go Oilers go.